2: Joy! I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. Joy a double yoing! We talking about Twitter. Ripple yo! Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are stupider than that. On yo! We will not do gently.
1: We want to unleash hell here in December. Because we have to. We won't go into shell, we're gonna go in attack mode. because uh, that's what's required. When you unleash hell at Christmas, only the dead or those left for dead will deck the halls. It's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation uh, exclusively on Behind the Steel Curtain. I am Kyle Kreiss. Here with me over Zoom is Mr. Season Tickets' Greg Benevent. Hello. Hopefully you can hear me over Zoom. Yes, he's already at the he's the first person tailgating for the <laughs> Cleveland game, right? You're already there.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. We're gonna have Christmas and lot C. What the, where
1: where are your where are your what's your section again for the for the Cleveland uh, game? We
0: are section uh, I believe we're one 103 well, no one oh seven seats uh three and four. So the uh if you go to the uh, seven yard line. Uh, at the south end zone on the visitor side and count back uh, 17 rows, you can stalk myself and my mother. Wow,
1: those are some, uh, those are some decent seats. You might get, uh, you, might, you, you know, you're going to get some good pick. You're going to have some Kodak moments there.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always have the memory from the late 90s of when uh, three guys in the row in front of me just started shouting out the most awful vitriol to the Jacksonville Jaguars punter. And then the next time he came off the field, he went to the other side of the Jaguars sideline.
1: (laughs) Well, that, you know, that that reminds me a lot about the 2021 uh, Steelers, (laughs) Steelers fan base. Here we are unleashing hell in December. Uh, And the fans are unleashing their own uh, their own type of hell. Let's get. They didn't wait till December. Oh no, no, they were uh, no hell was unleashed in in (laughs) September for for the fans. Uh, Let's get to the tweets. Mm I I love comparing the different headlines from Mm. from across the media. It kind of you Mm -hmm. know they they each portray their own narrative or their own version. Let's see what we got here. We've got uh, at. Ray fit one Ray Fittipaldo from uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette secondary Mm -hmm. pass rush win the day
0: against the Titans did this feel like a secondary win well I mean uh, 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 of the headlines we got I mean a bit of a spoiler alert that's the most positive one because it implied (laughs) that the Steelers actually had something to do with winning this game so, I mean, I, I, I and also I, I think that it's, you know, uh, I, I was going to say Joe Hayden isn't the entire secondary himself. But when he made plays like that tackle at the end, perhaps he can be counted as an entire secondary. So yes, between him and all the tackles the safeties made uh I I, I I give this uh particular headline a thumbs up a b minus a b uh, I'm on board with it so far it well it's about
1: time the secondary uh won a game because you know we've been mm-hmm. we've been crying about you know blown coverages and uh you know mm-hmm. deep deep th- deep touchdown passes so you mm-hmm. know when in the, in the search for heroes uh it's about to you know the secondary earned one I like that how let's get let's mm-hmm. keep going to. Let's stay at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Here we've got uh, at Jay Starkey, Joe Starkey. MVP for Sunday is Mike Vrabel. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, was uh, was this just uh, was it? Did we just happen to be on the good side of bad coaching?
0: I mean, maybe. But I, I, my thought, because I initially had a similar thought about like, ah, oh, did Vrabel give this game away? And then I thought. Well, what could Vrabel have done differently? Did you want him to, if you were a Tennessee fan, if this podcast was like, you know, how do you tighten up or whatever? Like, would you have wanted him to run the ball more? How much more could he have run the ball? (laughs) At some point, they were going to have to throw a little bit. And when they did, it didn't work out for them. So short of him running the ball on like 90% of the plays, I'm not sure exactly what you would have wanted Vrabel to do. Well,
1: here, you know, in that same uh, in that same token here, we've got uh, Ron Cook. Man, all the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette guys, they must uh, <laughs> sit together in the same little section there, uh, you know, at the stadium. Because Ron Cook was in the same boat as Joe Starkey. Can Steelers win a game the opponents don't hand them? You know, didn't the defense make big plays? Was this handed to them,
0: or did the defense make big plays? Uh, I I think the only way you could say this this game was handed to the Steelers is if you assume that every turnover is just a screw up by the offense, as if the defense has no agency in making that happen. I mean, I can see if you want to say, okay, they were handed the one where, you know, they messed up the snap. All right. That was a mistake on the Titans part. Sure. But there were plenty of turnovers other than that, I mean, if this game were the other way, and the Steelers ha- had blown, and the Steelers were a better team, maybe, and played a better game, where they rolled up the stats and lost because they had so many turnovers, it would have been about how, you know, we'd have heard some of the Steelers beating themselves, but we also would have heard about Steelers not good enough to put team away. Yeah, Steelers yeah. lack killer <laughs> instinct. It wouldn't have been, you know, Steelers. Just it would not have been entirely Steelers hand the game to someone else. So, you know, it, it, it. I mean, it gets us talking about Ron Cook, which is something we tend to not do here so much. So yeah, so I think this headline was a success, if not truthful.
1: Well, you know, it's like you—you you can't have a Steelers podcast about the conversation and then not talk about the—the—the the, the beat writers themselves, and we don't always. Oh, hundred
0: percent, absolutely. They direct the conversation. I mean, that's you know, that's the way it's been as long as you and I have been alive.
1: I think this is the most. Uh, I think this is the most fair, or the, or this is the fairest, um, or this is the fairest mm-hmm. in the land, or the most fair. Let's go to at Tim Benz, PGH. Mm. Tim Benz at the Trib. Steelers defense manages both feats of strength and airing of grievances. Isn't this the story not just of this game, but all season? It's like, it's, yes. you know, bend for 58 minutes, but then in the moment when it matters, uh, come through in the clutch.
0: It's like it's, Bra- it's Braveheart on the gridiron. Yes. I mean, it, it. yeah. I mean, Tim Benz has milked this Festivus gag now for several years through the <laughs> trip, which is great. I mean, I know it's great because I, I read it too. It's a smart way of putting things. It's so much better than the winners or losers paradigm that everywhere else uses. Why not do it as a way that looks at it as moments versus individual performances? I think it's great. But yeah, I think that's exactly right. A defense that, you know, literally can't seemingly can't stop anyone from running the ball until they get to like the 11 yard line and yet manages to make big plays. I think that was a very and this is the most truthful defeats of strength and airing of grievances has been in some time.
1: What is the is there is there an algebra to it? Like one turnover equals uh 75 yards of scrimmage given up on defense? Is there an arithmetic? What do, What does one turnover? Or one third down stop equal in terms of what they can give up on a drive?
0: I mean, I I it's hard for me not to answer that question simply by looking at when the situations have been reversed, when the Steelers have lost to a team that they doubled up in yardage and had so many, you know, more turnovers. So it's hard for me not to think about like one turnover equals like 75 extra griefs or units <laughs> of griefs or units of complaining so that makes sense to me I like it's, units um, of grief U- units. We, units of grief okay I, I, then that's where it is because it's because I mean how many times have you seen this exact game in reverse where the Steelers were you know would dominate some team but you know struggle in the red zone or have a bad turnover at midfield and lose a game that looked almost exactly like this in reverse and, and you know you'd hear about Steelers beating Steelers but you'd also hear about like oh they can't put the bad team away odd or not ready to win all you know so i uh uh, uh, so i I, i'm totally fine with this being reversed this time well you
1: know that that reminds me those takes sound like uh (laughs) at mark madden x here at the Trib, mark madden you know steelers produce another discouraging win you know it's a win but it's a discouraging win like i guess i guess that's better than an an encouraging loss what was an an encouraging loss was the chargers game so i guess this was that was
0: that was was an encouraging loss (laughs) at uh, uh parts of yeah i mean i don't know the first half of the packers game personally i'll say i felt quite encouraged yeah. I found this win quite encouraging myself. I, I did not feel discouraged after that. So I, I, I'm i going to have to disagree with that. I think the funniest part of this, though, it's not the word discouraging. It's the word before it, another. another. <laughs> oh, here's another discouraging win. Yes, you know what happened? You know what it's called when you stack several discouraging wins together? A win streak. A discouraging streak a discour- streak of discouragement yes.
1: man like uh, I, I, that must have been that reminds me of the the year when we were the sixth seed that must have been the most discouraging super bowl run ever right
0: <laughs> oh <we> yes was... <laughs> no no no. it was ju- it was just full of, of disappointment and despair all the way to a championship
1: <laughs> well you know uh credit should be given to the defense but hey not even the associated press at at Will Graves AP the head, instead of the headline is four steeler turnovers it's it's instead it's sloppy titans fall once again
0: uh titans <laughs> weren't the titans
1: the top seed in the in the
0: conference they, they were coming into the game, but as soon as they lost, that, that memory got very quickly blackballed. Then it was immediately they were the third seed in the conference, and we had to forget entirely they were the first coming into that stadium. They were that sloppy, so, I mean, it, that sloppy team, right? No, they were the first seed. No, they're the sloppy right, they team. They were the number one seed. And, and moreover, they were seen as this like great victory of coaching. Because uh, remember, they had the injuries to the big back. They had uh, the injuries to the receivers, and they, they were resourceful. Up until they had four turnovers, and then they became sloppy once again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, a team I remember uh, called the Steelers. So, <laughs> yes. all right, let's let's move on because this uh, this game was such such low, few stats on offense. Yet it gave us some of the most stats. I don't want to sound like a st- <laughs> the, the the stat geek over here, but this was a this was a game of stats. Let's start mm-hmm. with at. Lead yard NFL draft, John Yedlard. Mm -hmm. Steelers had 168 yards of offense, were two for 11 on third down, and won. Ha ha. All right. And Mm -hmm. let's pair that with... At Austin Stanley 81, the Steelers failed to gain a first down on seven of their 11 possessions and still won. So... Uh, one more, one more with this. At Bradley Locker, okay. the Steelers had 133 passing yards. That's the fewest passing yards for a Steelers in a game since uh, October 2019, when Duck Hodges led us over the Charges, Chargers in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is now seven in three, seven and three in games under 150 team passing yards. So, <laughs> what that tells me is the worse we are, the better we are.
0: I, uh, I'm assuming that in a lot of the other uh, uh, under 150 team passing yards that the Steelers running game was simply so dominant. I mean, I don't have those numbers in front of me that it is kind of my guess. It, uh yeah, I mean, I uh, each of the three things you just read to me makes me believe all the more in secondary and pass rush win the day i mean it's it's each of these each of these stats show just how great the defense could be at times when they weren't letting another running back you've never heard of run through holes that this week were just seven yards as opposed to 18 the week prior
1: yeah you're gonna hear about uh you know you're gonna hear about this being the worst Steelers run defense in team history but there's you know when it when it comes when it comes to rubber hits the road we, we still win games you know stats don't matter the only stat that matters is the w and right I, I, and
0: I also I'm not to interrupt but I just love when the guy said they were 168 yards offense and 2 and 11 on third down and one lol that to me <laughs> that's the whole thing and one lol that's that's what all of this is that that's the subtext that's the text itself that's the whole thing
1: all right let's uh let's go on to at Steelers PR Mike, my favorite guy on Twitter, Michael Bursch. Uh, mm-hmm. Steelers outscored Titans 9-0 in the fourth. Pittsburgh has scored 142 points in the fourth quarter, which is the second most in the NFL. You know, the, the all we see on the screen is, and all we hear on social media, is that this is just such an um, anemic offense. Yet, uh, the
0: you know, what matters more than fourth quarter points? <laughs> right oh yeah no it, it it's absolutely true and it it you know and it's easy to make all the counter arguments that oh they're off and down oh they don't take control of these games oh okay well you know uh, uh, while it, you would love to be dominant the whole way through if you had to pick a quarter to be the best in that's the one you'd pick yeah yeah
1: that's yeah oh you know that gets uh, that gets you get all the you get all the, oh, yeah okay you know it they, they, there's <laughs> there's something about be you know if you cuz if if you're the opposite you're like the Titans you're just a team that blows leads and then that's there's nothing more disrespectful <laughs> and you know more <laughs> dishonorable than a team that blows leads but instead you know we're the opposite we're a team that always comes from behind another fourth quarter comeback uh I don't know it's just there, there's something about uh you know I don't know what it is we we we've got the uh the Gabagool we have got the Gabagool <laughs> All right, let's, you know, is this stat even worth mentioning? But Mm -hmm. I've seen it all over Twitter. We'll go to at Perk Nowitzki. Ben Roethlisberger Mm -hmm. has never lost a home game after a live-action Spider-Man is released. So we're talking every Spider-Man except the first one with Tobey Maguire.
0: Wow, which is which is something because in that time I mean live action Spider-Man movies are just what five and two or five and three like they don't have a a total winning record across that with with some of them so yeah that uh, that that is a pretty great stat there I'm glad you read that that makes a lot of sense and you know I mean the franchise is going to keep going since the movies have uh, uh, really improved really gotten good with the last guy so yeah that uh, hopefully that holds true for the next quarterback as well
1: well yeah we'll see if Tom Holland can put a run together like Ben Roethlisberger I don't know you know (laughs) a whole generation of people uh, don't know a quarterback beyond besides Ben Roethlisberger, but Mm -hmm, all -hmm. right. uh, Okay. Enough. Let's go to uh, more, more, more stats here. Let's go to the defensive side and at NFL research, uh, TJ Watt has 66 and a half career sacks passing hall of famer derek thomas for the third wow. most in a player's five seasons i mean we're we're watching history it, it doesn't feel like it necessarily mm-hmm. uh, week to week but uh you know this is we're on we're on to something historic here
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I was just, just, you know, aging myself a bit, but I was a child when Derek Thomas was just getting into the game. I was just getting into the game when Derek Thomas was truly great. And that's mind blowing because that's all you would hear in NFL primetime. Like, I think, you know, my elementary school post had a poster of Derek Thomas telling kids to read even in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, you know, it's hard to say just how, you know, big and dominant he was seen as a pass rusher, the equivalent of Reggie White. So, I mean, that is truly a, a staggering statistic.
1: All right. What uh geez, we got so many other stats here. We've got uh <laughs> I don't know. I think we we got DJ's a thousand yard the season. We've got Which is such
0: an accomplishment.
1: Yeah. I mean we'll get let's get to let's get to this one then. Uh okay. at at Jason Shetler, the sports guy, since two thousand one, mm-hmm. Steelers receivers to have at least twenty five hundred yards in their first three seasons. Uh Santonio San Holmes 06 to 08 Mike Wallace mm-hmm. 09 to 11 mm-hmm. Juju 17 to 19 and now Deontay wow. Johnson 19 to 21 uh where where do, where do you put Johnson uh, where do you rank him among the patheons of these Steelers receivers
0: well I mean it, of course the most interesting name there is the one that isn't seen is the one that had 2500 yards the first in, in AP yeah but it, uh, I mean of, of these three I mean knowing how the first two uh, and it's hard not to have you know Deontay uh, first, just because as great as Juju was, I mean even and I just saw this stat the other day when I was uh, procrastinating at my actual job. I saw that that Juju had fifteen hundred yards in basically his first season or one of those seasons, which means the rest of the seasons he you know had had a lot less than that. So yeah, so I absolutely have Deontay above those other players right now. And also because, Hey, you know, the teams, the has been on, maybe not as good as some of the other ones. Those guys. Were. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. Uh, plus, you know, plus he's, you know, he shared some time with Juju that, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, eh, okay. All right. Let, uh, do we want to talk about Minka? How sure. about, um, at Steelers we'll just go straight from straight from the, the horse's mouth uh minka mm-hmm. minka fitzpatrick has recorded a hundred plus tackles in a season for the first time mm-hmm. in his career um mm-hmm. you know we talk about the ones he's missed sometimes but this this has been this has been a uh, record-setting season for him maybe not in the in the healthiest of ways
0: <laughs> right i mean it's you know the true definition of the safety is the guy that uh literally provide safety from making sure you know the running back doesn't run into the end zone but i mean it's it's you know you feel very grateful that he's there i mean it's going to be a whole conversation end of the season does he deserve to be paid as one of the best safeties in the league Blah, blah 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 i'm not ready to think about all that yet i am ready to think about hey at least this guy's here to make the tackles i mean in a way that you know maybe a lot of the other safeties even the great ones maybe weren't necessarily this guy can tackle he can't he can do more than just you know catch the deflected interception that kind of thing
1: if you look at um, Joe Schobert's wife's TikTok you can see <laughs> how I know that's kind of stalkerish but uh, it, you can see how beat up Joe is after the game like he can barely get up mm. out of the seat mm. now now consider Minka who's making just as many <laughs> tackles if not more each game with a little bit smaller frame uh, he's got to be I, I don't know how he's out there he's going to really he might hit the wall soon so I hope that <laughs> Hope we make it
0: through the season. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point.
1: All right, let's move on. Let We, uh, we got to talk about the return of Hayden at, okay. at Colin Coward. Steelers uh. Steelers offense should just take their game checks and ha- hand them to Joe Hayden and the fellas on the defensive side. You know, uh, Hayden was one of those ones who maybe didn't put together the, the best first 50 minutes. But then, mm-hmm.
0: uh, again, it, all that mattered was how it ended right absolutely well even didn't hayden say after the game hey they had me on the pitch count they weren't gonna you know have me there for the whole lot of the game because uh, maybe he was at the point where he couldn't exactly run with them big fast guys necessarily uh uh, uh too early on or all that much so yeah i mean it's you know we saw the clips of people running past him but man oh man that just to have the insights to put his body where it was to know exactly where that line was to tackle that guy short of it. I mean, that's, you know, that's not just experience that, ex- that's experience mixed with a lot of talent. And, um, you can hear a call and whining throughout this entire tweet. It's rare <laughs> that you can read a tweet and hear like the kind of high pitched, you know, just through it. <laughs> Um,
1: here's uh, what Ryan Clark had to say. My man Teddy Bruschi just called the Hayden tackle the tackle of the year. Was that this okay. year? Was that this year's version of Spillane? <laughs>
0: I think it's a little bit more because Spillane wasn't the very next play to dude run in the end. That's, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. So I think just by, uh, 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 I I think just just on merit, I think this one becomes the tackle of the year. Unless, you know, I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the league unless there was someone else who made a tackle to save a game at the end. But uh, but yeah, I'll make a tackle of the year, sure.
1: Um, Let's go to at Carter Critiques. Uh, Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. says Joe Hayden's return wasn't just about his play on the field, but his leadership off it. He says the presence, he says his presence brings intangible advantages. Is he worth yeah. staying out there on the field over uh, maybe Witherspoon at this point because of maybe not what
0: he brings uh, below the neck, but above the neck? Well, I mean, it, it. like we said, I mean, I can't imagine anything more above the neck than putting his, you know, his feet on the line and tackling the guy short of that. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing. I mean, thankfully, I'll never be in a position where I have to teach someone how to play football. But it seems like that's the kind of thing you would use to do that. It, um, Yeah, I imagine his presence does bring uh, intangibles. I mean, look, I know very little about these people other than what they put out on social media and all that kind of thing. But Joe seems like one of those genuinely positive upbeat fun to be around guys like you could see working a job alongside someone like Joe Hayden not all of them are like that yeah I, I, I so I totally see just on like a pure human level someone wanting to you know go through a difficult task with someone like Joe Hayden as a co-worker
1: you know when Tomlin says we smile in the face of adversity he's one of the ones that is actually smiling yes that's exactly i
0: think that's exactly right
1: (laughs) all right well then the final question regarding hayden at blitz videos steelers should definitely bring in joe hayden for another season uh is you know would you give him a contract after this what what do you see in his future
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to if they could afford it, but man, oh man, the guy missed a lot of the season. Then again, when he missed a lot of the season, they sure would give up at least one or two really debilitating deep passes. So, I mean, it's it's if you could get it, if you Oops. could afford it, sure, but man, I don't know what he would cost despite and also that age because that injury was much worse than we were originally told.
1: So you 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 know you it's way too. I know we shouldn't be talking about this yet, but you've got Witherspoon, mm-hmm. you've got James Pierre, you've got Cam Sutton. uh You know, I guess you could either bring back Hayden or you could uh, draft a corner. You're probably going to have to draft a corner no matter what, um, right?
0: Because Justin Lane seems to have not worked out as we'd hoped.
1: So you know, it's it, it's is there room for? hayden i guess is the i
0: i I mean it 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 it, it, i don't know there's always room for somebody that can make a play that can play like that when they have to but i mean is one more year going to make them all the more brittle Uh, it it depends on what all this is going to cost and how much more money they're going to have under the cap i mean it's you know it's fun to speculate about this kind of thing and it's easy to get sucked into it we have no idea what the steelers cap situation is going to look like uh in you know february much less april so, I mean, it you know, it's going to be all it's going to be completely different one way or the other.
1: Yeah. There's always room for a great uh, player, you know, someone who's got
0: the gabagool, the
1: gabagool. All right. <laughs> we've got to get to a commercial because mm-hmm. I think I just think that's what we I think we got to. We, we've been going long. Sure. It's going to be it's going to be a long show. Um, <laughs> you know, make sure that you check out all the podcasts on behind the steel curtain i guess there's been a lot of uh, christmas content coming your way this Woo-hoo! week we'll be having one of those uh, as well so get ready oh, for that yeah get ready for that coming up so um but first th- but that, that's that's not coming up after the break actually after the break right. we've got more of your hot takes and uh outrageous social media behavior okay hold on <laughs> All right, back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to keep it going. Woo-hoo. You know, I don't even. Geez, there's so much to say about TJ Watt, but I think it's been said by everyone. Let's move on to. Uh, look, look, can we just go all the way to Presley Harvin? Actually, let's go to. Okay. At Miked Up Sports One, uh, the Boo Birds are out for Presley Harvin the third. I won't be surprised if he's cut before the next game. Uh, he's the worst punter in the league. Now obviously Tomlin <laughs> said he's not cutting him. In fact he's saying he's sticking right. with him. Uh mm-hmm. what but you know do, should we be sticking with him?
0: Uh they're going to stick with uh, anybody who has worked this long with Boswell and knows how to hold for him like this. They're going to stick with that through the rest of this season and hope that he gets better at punting it. Uh, that's even beyond the idea of him being a draft pick, but, um, but yeah, he's held for Boswell. He's done a great job doing that. I know he's done a great job doing that because Boswell continues to kick the ball in ways that amaze me. So yeah, they're going to keep him for the rest of the season and just hope that he gets better at punting, which uh, we all certain, which seems like a thing that should happen, but I don't know how it got to this point where it's so bad
1: you know the the we had kind of different takes on the booing i'm not a i'm not someone who boos but uh mm-hmm. that's just in general you said it's okay to boo a 27 yard punt uh um,
0: yes. i mean it, it's because again it's not like you're you know uh, 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 uh mad at the team or something like that you're allowed to be unhappy with a punt it's not like he was punting into Gale force wins i mean i don't boo either but i mean if you've paid your money and you're drunk and you're upset by the punt sure you can boo a 27 yard punt that, uh, what else is boo can you
1: boo like if because I could always go to the Wendy's uh, on Sepulveda and you know probably two mm-hmm. out of three times um, there's something wrong with the order can I just start booing them and in, in the window like
0: well I mean it, I, I mean you, you can try I mean I I, I I know he's a seventh round pick but I imagine the people at Wendy's are still making a little bit less
1: well okay I mean- what about um? You know, what about my boss? Can I boo my boss at work? Like, <laughs> my boss has put in some 27-yard uh, punt performances, you know?
0: I mean, I, I, I can certainly boo mine through slack. But, like, I also understand that at my job, I've put in a few 27-yard punt performances myself. So, I, I, I feel like I'm sort of skating around here. But, Did, uh, have you I been- mean, I'm not saying it's constructive. I'm just saying if you're hammered and upset – it's better than unleashing a string of vitriol within the uh, the presumably slightly more civilized people around you. Well, the
1: people in the stands are getting in fights anyway. Uh, yeah, you, that's I, a lot. I mean, you know, uh, OK, well, then we found out uh, then, you know, then we found out from Presley Harvin himself, P Harvin, 27, uh, you yeah. know, big thanks to the organization. They brought his father out, uh, you know, short, short notice left uh time left on earth and they were able to get him to the game mm-hmm. one last time so as mm-hmm. the player are you going to take as your takeaway from that are you going to remember that in this uh very personal moment for you that the Steeler Nation was was booing you at, at your at, you know at your lowest moment
0: well, I mean, I, I I would kind of hope that that, that as a professional, you managed to slough that kind of thing off. I mean, I, I remember getting booed and jeered playing uh, uh ages 15 to 18 year old roller hockey by the other parents. And like I didn't react to it well, but I was also a teenager that was paying to be there. And uh, I would like to think as a professional, you, you let these things go. And also, whether it was a mock cheer or not, they did cheer him when he kicked that like 51 yard punt, which got returned 55 yards. <laughs> They definitely did respond positively to that up until the point that dude started running wild. Well, and, you know, no one's,
1: is anyone talking about the flags that should have been thrown? I don't think anyone. Uh, that, one, that one was a lot. <laughs> I
0: remember it was, I, I was, when you and I were both as stunned as we've ever been, when there was a block in the back on James Pierre, that was as, as stunning a penalty as I think I've seen in some time. I mean, he definitely did push the guy in the back, but wow. Wow. Also to dude uh, uh, uh the several blocks in the back it seemed in the big middle section there that let that guy run through that was uh yeah. You were uh, uh, yeah that was that was surprising on multiple levels
1: That was uh yeah I think you would need Mr. Fuji in your corner to get away with some of that uh some of that heel heel turn stuff I'm talking about
0: Oh yes wrestling. and also the fact that we didn't talk about this till this long in the podcast shows that the Steelers did win this game I mean otherwise yeah. that thing would have come up way way sooner
2: oh
1: yeah all right we we haven't yeah. talked
0: about i you know it's we
1: haven't talked about we've gone this far and haven't talked about ben let's uh wow wow let's go to at mic up sports one mike nicastro here's my early advice to Steelers on the chiefs game no one expects to win this game let it all hang out flea flickers onside kicks uh triple reverse wide receiver passes Uh, basically any, everything except Ben doing what, what we've been doing all season.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the truth is I like the impetus behind this. I would just cut all the dumb attempts at jokes in the middle, like any reference to Haskins and triple reverse wide receiver passes, but the idea of letting it all hang out. Makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, uh, uh, the idea of you are, you know, certainly down in this game. You, you are, you know, seen as a supreme underdog in this game. You almost invariably have to score early to keep pace with it, most likely. So, I. I it, it, you know, we've talked before in this podcast about like, well, is there ever a point where you just let Ben air, air it out and let Ben be Ben? I, I would be on board with that for this game just because I'm not sure because I really don't think you're going to be able to control the ball running Najee. If you can do that, that's great. But hey, if there's ever a game where you're like, all right, Ben, you're the Hall of Famer on the way out. Let, let's win it together. Let's see what you can do, buddy. I, I would be fine with it in this one
1: okay well, okay i'll give you a i'll give a counter argument to that is that you know, if we have a, if we're having a hard time doing the most basic things then <laughs> you know all, the, all of a sudden we're gonna try flea flickers like okay i, I can see that being
0: a oh, uh, no, I... <laughs> someone holding you know automatic hold on a flea flicker oh, three dudes holding on a flea flicker i just know that that's what i meant is cut out all the goofy stuff in the middle and just put this one all on ben and see if ben can go win it by himself because again i don't think they're going to be able to control the ball you know 10 minute drives uh uh naji running for four or five yards i mean maybe that can happen that'd be optimal but i mean letting ben just try and win this game himself if, if they see a flea flicker you might as well just give up i mean this team is not going to be able to execute a flea flicker the triple reverse or something i mean they can barely do the end around to claypool but, um, but yeah, but the idea of just, hey, if there's something in the playbook we were thinking of trying, I can see this being the game. Well, let's try it. I mean, let's see. I'm okay, fine with that. Your guy.
1: Man. All right. Okay. Seven's your guy <laughs> in this one. Well, you know, and everyone says, well, ben, you know, Ben's so bad, so bad. Well, let's look at the stats from NFL on CBS. Most mm-hmm. games with a 90 or above QB rating over the last eight weeks. You got Garoppolo with eight. But then you've got a bunch at five. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, and even Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so, you know, the, the story that we see uh, on social media is that, you know, this is he's just so bad he's washed. He's got to, mm-hmm. you know, hang it up. Well, it looks like he's, ju- you know, if, if not just as
0: good as anyone else in the league, uh, you know, certainly in the fourth, the best. Absolutely. And also it's interesting because you see, you know, Burrow and Rogers seen as, you know, the absolute apex of what this position can be. And they're here with these same numbers. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and also I I don't think, I mean, anyone outside of the Bay Area and maybe some people within it would have picked Garoppolo to be the winner of this particular competition. I mean, I I certainly don't see the Niners play, but I know from the Bay Area fans, I know they complain about him, too.
1: Well, and we're talking QB rating, which we may as well be Mm -hmm. talking uh, defense points on your Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) player, you know, (laughs) So, you know,
0: I think a lot of that is not throwing interceptions, right? Like it's basically not turning the ball over. Isn't that like maybe the biggest factor in this particular thing? Certainly Uh, this
1: week, this week, the biggest factor, you know, compare this week to Cincinnati, uh, those -hmm. two games. And the biggest factor is turnovers. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and no, you that's know it, right and, which might come down to the division since you know cincinnati we might not be able to catch up to them uh if mm-hmm. you know and it's going to be because we couldn't win one of those one of those games uh, uh, all right right let's um let's get it let's go to the lightning round okay at yinzer crazy show uh, mm-hmm. Tomlin is a man dressed to impress today. Did you see uh, Did you see the duds that uh, Tomlin had going into the stadium?
0: I, I did not, but I mean, uh, as soon as I read that tweet, I immediately thought of him blowing a kiss to the camera at the end, which <laughs> is, you know, if I didn't have a lock screen of my parents on my phone, I would strongly consider that. I, and that, I mean, it's, it's regardless of what he was wearing, I felt that uh, was certainly something that looked very good on him at the end of the game. He
1: certainly, he's certainly a vibe right now. Between the kiss mm-hmm. at the end of the game, uh, the the look going in, very fashionable. It was the scarf. It was the uh, oh, okay. It was, I guess it was a. I don't know if it was a beret. I wouldn't. I don't think it was a beret, but it was a, one of those fancy hats. You
0: know. Oh, cool. Okay, not just like a ball cap with the logo of the team he works for on. <laughs> no, okay. no, not like, I like that. not like, like uh, that. Belichick going in looking like
1: he just woke up after a uh, <laughs> after a kegger. You know. <laughs> But he also has a there's this little bit of swagger in on his press conference you know, he's keeps mm-hmm. he keeps mentioning I think in a few weeks in a row now, he keeps mentioning, you know, his 15 years now in the league. You know, he's he's <laughs> reminding people that he's been here for longer than you have, you know. So <laughs> I think he's got a swagger out there. I, you know, I can believe that. I think between mm-hmm. what he did with the duck season and what he's done with this season is I think, you know, I think it makes everyone else around the league take pause. Maybe not here. Absolutely. In, in Yinzer country. 100
0: percent. A hundred percent.
1: All right, let's go on to at Adam Crowley. If you're a Steelers fan who thought Juju's logo dancing was no big deal, I'm sure your deal with the Titans shenanigans similarly. Uh, So we saw the Titans, you know, at the, at the, they're at the logo in midfield. And some Mm -hmm. of the takes were Steelers didn't have
0: anything to say about that, but weren't they in the tunnel still? Right. They were in the tunnel. And also, I heard after the game, which I did not hear before the game, apparently this is just what the Titans do on the road. Like, it's something they've done, whether they're playing anywhere, whether it's Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, uh, uh, anywhere they're on the road, they'll come out and do that. I mean, it seems unnecess- it seems like it unnecessarily opens the potential for being something inflammatory, but... um but yeah, it, it it I don't know. I mean, it's and also there is a difference between standing there and like doing a dance, rubbing your butt on it, stomping your feet, you know, and doing snow angels. Like, you know what I mean? I I still think it's weird and not something that like why even invite the possibility of this occurring. But uh, you know, it's it's it, any time again. You're a fan of a sports team. It's okay to be a hypocritical partisan of that team. So you can be uh, think that you know what Juju did was no big deal, and you can also be upset about this because you're the fan of a sports team. You do not need to maintain this kind of moral clarity. No, Yo, yeah, you're it's, if um...
1: you're as a fan. Now here's what here's a time when you can boo you know if they're out there and you're the fan but if you're the mm-hmm. Steelers themselves I mean does this really does this really motivate you anymore you're already backs against the wall you've got a you're trying right. to win out just to survive um you know yeah. you, everyone's been counting you out even you know your own mm-hmm. alumni uh even people probably in the building so uh
0: okay like they gathered at midfield I don't know that
1: that's kind of like, think
0: anyone even mentioned that to the Steelers by the time the game started do you think like you know someone rubbed, oh my god guys here they were at the logo yeah may, did you know maybe at like halftime you
1: know? yeah maybe something maybe <laughs> at halftime they said oh did you hear that they were having a show out there i don't know What's, right
0: exactly yeah
1: <laughs> i think this was an interesting uh, juxtaposition on that let's okay. go to at kent she- Chevalier? Shev- Chevalier, Chevalier, Chevalier. I'm not sure. He's, how to he's the that. he's okay. the Steelers chaplain, which has got to be mm-hmm. one of the more interesting jobs. Like, I bet you know, like a uh, it's a third down, and it's like, all right, everyone get to work, and there's Kent going down to say a prayer, right? Like. <laughs>
0: I guess i mean I, I i have little idea how this works well okay so
1: the steelers chaplain uh tweeted wise men still seek him and bow down to worship him and posted a picture of everyone praying at halftime after this after uh, after the game uh both mm-hmm. teams but what was interesting was no none, none of those uh, titans defenders that were there before the game were there for the prayer afterwards <laughs>
0: That is interesting because I have seen his pictures in the past and usually they do include many members of the other team, regardless who they're playing, whether it's the Bengals, the Ravens, Browns, like it usually is a cross team kind of thing. At least if I'm thinking of the same guy in the same pictures, because I mean, they do tend to, you know, players from both teams do tend to pray together after the game at uh, regardless of the score and what's happened. So, I mean, that is kind of interesting, but it, you know, I can also see, you know uh, as someone that's had you know disappointing moments in front of crowds uh being like okay that went badly i'm getting out of here and yeah so i can do whatever whatever spirituality i have i can explore it when i'm outside of the eyes of this where i've had a very public disappointment
1: yeah you know it's it's obviously all the men of faith there at the end but you know maybe if you're there uh, in the middle of the field before the game maybe you're a man of little faith i don't know is that <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to okay at ESPN Rittenberg Adam Rittenberg okay. Oregon mm-hmm. is targeting Steelers offensive line coach Adrian Clem for the same role under their new coach Dan Lanning. Uh, mm. He last co- Clem last coached in college with UCLA in 2016. Um, I you know this is Clem's first year as offensive line coach, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even though you we we think that the Steelers. Line is the weakest part of the team, and which it might be factual. Uh, isn't this a project that you would want to take on to see to to uh, tr- tr- fruition?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, and it's and also too. I mean, it you know, I'm not sure how many people. You know, I don't follow a lot of college football, but I do know that Oregon is one of those big schools that intends to compete for national championships and intends to be a national power. So they would have their choice of offensive line coaches at essentially any level. So, I mean, I can see. Uh, so if they want them, then again, it's, you know, not everyone thinks that Clem is a bum. But um, but yeah, I mean, I could see uh, 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 them want. I mean, especially because so much of the Steelers is based around stability. Uh, at all levels, coaching and all that kind of thing. I can see them wanting to keep Clem around just because, hey, some of these, while these guys have, you know, the young guys have taken steps backwards at times, they haven't always been a colossal mess. So I can see them wanting to keep him around, particularly because I imagine they're adding some new pieces one way or the other in the off season. I just
1: can't imagine uh, you're, you know, you've been elevated at this level. You know, we we heard Tomlin talk about, what it means to coach, uh, for this organization at this level to then, you know, kind of want to go back to the college level in the moment when you're facing, you know, maybe what your biggest professional challenge. Um,
0: (laughs) well that's implying that they don't let Clem go, which I think a lot of people think may happen too, but it, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. If you can, you know, if you can stay here, uh, uh, with, you know, what the, and, and they would have you back then by all means, why would you not do so? Is not a booster with a big enough blank check.
1: That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, let's go to at Jason Shetler. Do we do oh we do we have him already today? I don't we know. We had him earlier. Oh, yes. Okay. It's that sports guy. Better take than uh-huh. this one. The emergence yeah. of Chris Wormley will probably make it an easier decision for the Steelers to move on from Stephon to it. I thought that we uh, we renegotiated to its contract.
0: Yeah. And it's, and also we're not sure what's going on with to but man, I mean, I, I don't know how, how much you caught the post game afterwards, but they were absolutely killing warmly. I mean, it's just the idea about this guy's a great backup, but uh, when you put him out there, he's going to be exposed. I mean, it, you know, it it, 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 this, this is, it's rare that we get a take on here that feels overly optimistic. And, and this seems like one that might uh, uh tread in that direction.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if, all things equal, going into next season, which gosh, I, I'm sorry, we're looking ahead to next season, but I know, uh, you know, uh, you would have Cam and Tuit back, and warmly, mm-hmm. yeah, warmly would be back to you know, uh, uh, ten snaps. I don't know if it, you know he he w- Hayward is getting older, so he would still get his snaps, right? <laughs> All right, Enough said okay, Enough said. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to at Steelers Depot. Devin Bush was not on the field for any of the final 13 Titan offensive possession snaps. I guess it's a moot point now because he's on the, the COVID list, but mm-hmm. did you feel I, you know, did you feel that Devin was kind of benched or demoted there at the end? I it did, didn't feel like that in the moment.
0: No, it didn't. I mean, and also truthfully speaking of in the moment, it's not like I was scouring the defense to see if Devin Bush was out there, considering everything else that was going on at the time. It um I mean, it it this was the game where Devin might have been even been a little more positively noticeable, as you and I remarked early in the game, where he could have had that red zone interception, proving he was in the right place. I mean, he seemed to be around the ball more. But uh yeah, that you know, every week we sort of have our devin bush status check and for the most part it seems to be trending down even when things seem to take a step forward so perhaps this is another unfortunate step in that direction
1: well pff grade if you you know have you believe those gave him i think one of his lowest grades of the year but you know wow. so you know now be careful what you wish for because now we're gonna have going to a game with uh joe schobert robert mm-hmm. spillane Not even, no, Devin Bush, not even Marcus Allen. So, Mm. uh, you know, is is it going to be the rise of, uh, is it the time for the Buddy Johnson era
0: to arrive? Uh, I I think we're counting on a lot more uh, sack fumbles from Derek Tuska. I think that's going to be a big strategy. Derek Tuska with his first
1: with his first sack of his career. You know, we talk oh, about. Oh, and he looked tremendous.
0: I mean, he come in off the edge. He looked like TJ himself here on that play. I mean, that was amazing. Like it was, uh, it was great.
1: Yeah, all yeah, the attention Tom. is on TJ's setting records and uh, franchise mm-hmm. records, but you know, we're, we're, we're ignoring <laughs> the rise of the next legend, Derek Tuska. The Tusk. The oh. Tusk. All right, well, we'll see what happens when uh, Travis Kelsey is running downfield with Robert Spillane <laughs> this weekend. Indeed. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. At Carter Critiques, we'll, we'll go back to Christopher Carter. Renegade strikes again for the second mm-hmm. time this season. It wasn't the immediate turnover like we had um, mm-hmm. earlier, but we did have a second turnover on a Renegade drive.
0: Yes, and it and I wanna say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it was the one that was seen as the oh the Titans handed it to them. The uh I wanna say that was the botch snap that uh Watts still managed to fight off three dudes to get. It um, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's you know, it's something to see it on TV, but I mean, at, at at the risk of overstatement, it really is crazy in there when they play that song from 40 plus years ago. Like it is, <laughs> it, it's not it's not a fake thing. Like I mean, if you if you're you know if you watch the Steelers from across the country and you read you know the national media and the other teams mocking and that kind of thing, there's a reason that like the Bills and the Titans and all these teams play Renegade like at their practices <laughs> and at their ups because it is something you kind of do need to be prepared for just because it really does set those people off. I mean, there's no dot like it's uh it's 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 amazing it's amazing that it does seem mm-hmm. to
1: have and we were talking earlier in the season about getting rid of it and here uh you know it's game winning drive not since joey porter has something off the field <laughs> won us a drive um <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, geez, we're going so long, but, uh, you know, I wanted to, it's Christmas, I want to get this in at Mm -hmm. Steelers CR, Steelers Community Relations. We got to talk at least one off the field thing. You know, Steelers Mm -hmm. have announced first donations of 2021 from players... Uh, and matching donation from the club. This is part of the social justice fund. They raised okay one hundred and thirteen thousand from the team, and then they matched it for one hundred and thirteen thousand from the players stepped up. It's mm. Cam Cam Hayward, Cam Sutton, T J Watt, uh, both Edmonds brothers, Benny Snell Jr. and Jacob. Tuati Mariner, I'm, uh, it must be a practice squad guy. I don't even. Know. <laughs>
0: uh, I was, yeah. I'm sort of looking like, okay, good, good job, Mr. Tuati uh, Mariner. So that's hey, yeah, no, that's great.
1: That's real money, two hundred and twenty-six thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. You mm-hmm. know, Tomlin said uh, two two seasons ago that they were going to be forces for positive change in the community, and mm-hmm. they're certainly putting the money. They absolutely have been out there and uh it it helps during christmas too and that which we're Mm -hmm. tying it into christmas since this is christmas eve um
2: okay let's get
1: let's get to the final word because gosh Mm -hmm. we're going long i we missed we didn't talk about all the tomlin haters we didn't talk about the people 2022 Visionaries, uh,
0: you know, we like- I think just by saying good things about Tomlin, you touch on the Tomlin haters. Like by yeah. you know, by speaking the positive, you acknowledge their absence and their incorrectness.
1: Oh, just the the game clock management nerds. Those are the those people. You know, we don't even have to get to the tweets. It's just these game clock <laughs> management nerds. They think that that's just so important. I get that that Tomlin doesn't play that game the way that maybe everyone else does okay maybe not the the way that all the all the statisticians and you know gene football geniuses do it but he's got his reasons and it's and and it's just not the same priority that it is to anyone else and i don't think i don't think anyone uh is willing to accept that when it comes to clock management i don't know okay sorry uh final word no, you're good. okay final word at Rick Fish 412 Rick Fish, the mm-hmm. Steelers have beaten three of the current AFC playoff teams. Don't tell me that they're not playoff caliber. You'd be wrong. Not only <laughs> three of the current playoff teams, but the Titans when they were the one seed, the Ravens mm-hmm. when they were the one seed, the Bills mm-hmm. when they were the defending AFC champs. Mm-hmm
0: or or a team that was seen, yeah they gone to the AFC title game and was very much favored to uh, uh go back to the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean it's it's yeah, they've had, you know, they've beaten plenty of teams that are right there in it and also if you expand it out to be on the seven teams that are in the playoffs right now and just go to the teams that are in contention, then it's even more of them. So, yes, it's in a league with a lot of parity, with a lot of teams with similar records. They absolutely are playoff caliber. That's true no matter how frustrated you get by the run defense, no matter how frustrated you get by the run game, no matter how frustrated you get by the early starts. They are absolutely a playoff caliber team. And, you know, not just any playoff caliber uh, going into
1: the Thursday night game. They could have been they still had a chance to be a one seed, believe it or not. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, a lot, lot of football left, a lot of mm-hmm. hell to unleash, especially Indeed. at Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Christ. Greg, where are you on uh, social media?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Greg Benevent. B is in, B, B in boy, E-N-E, B is in Victor, E-N-T.
1: Uh, all right. Keep listening to the Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Hope you mm-hmm. get everything that Santa Cope brought you <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> have a great holiday.